Welcome, everyone, to the Dylan Bush Podcast. My name is Dylan Bush, and today joining me is the legendary Mr. Cooper Sadowski. Welcome, Cooper. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome. It's a joy to be back. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Um, I can't remember when the last time you were on here was. I know we had you on a Mrs. Obama It's Been an Honor podcast at one point. It was a college football breakdown of Notre Dame versus Clemson. Yeah, that's the, I think that was the only time I was on. It was, it was, you caught me on the, the Notre Dame-Clemson hangover. Yeah, that, I actually did some football research, like how many yards they got per quarter and stuff. It was impressive. I that mean, was, that was big time. That was a good podcast. And I think a lot of people liked it because I think that was either our freshman year in college or maybe, no, it was definitely our freshman year. So like people in high school were still like, oh, dude, Coop's on a podcast? Oh, let, let, me, let me tune in. <laughs> so we got you back. Hopefully, we can get some people again. Um, today, we're going to talk about MLB's return and what that implies for all of our, our favorite teams and the rest of the league. Um, so without any further ado, let's just jump right into this. Um, for those who didn't know, the MLB is returning. Uh, after a while, there was, I think, maybe like a month or so of disagreements between the players' union, the league, the owners, on how they get paid and what kind of games they're going to be playing and where and how. And all the logistics finally got figured out. Did you see all those players tweeting out basically uh, where and when for when they'll play? Yep. And then I think Mike Trout went to camp and was like, I'm not sure if I want to play. Yeah. I was like, Mike, come on. That's a bad look. That's a bad look for you now, Mike. Regardless, they have. we're going to have a season, 60 games, and then straight into the playoffs. And I could be wrong. I know this was proposed. Are they doing that three-division thing where you stay west, central, and east? So, yeah, they are. I don't understand if – I think it's still that you have to win. So it's not like you only have to win one division. Like the, the divisions don't merge. It's that you only play – so the NL Central plays the AL Central. The NL East plays the AL East. Oh. The NLS plays the AL West. But you okay. still have you still have to win the NL West. You don't have to win oh, like yeah. the, you don't have to win like the MLB West if that makes sense. Like it's yeah, not like no. they're combining. It's just that's the only teams they're playing. Okay, okay. So that's that's still looking good for my team then because my division is kind of sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's sixty games and they're playing in their home ballparks. I know I heard that the Ravens on an unrelated note were trying to get fans in, but I don't think there will be fans for these games. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, maybe I, I maybe at the end of the season, if a couple things get passed, but I feel like that's very unlikely at this point. Yeah, no fans as of now. Um, which you know is what it is. Uh, I'm glad that we're just having a season to begin with. I think people are just ready for something. It's mm-hmm. just been such a drought. Um, but regardless, we're gonna have a season. I know there was a disagreement. How did you feel about the players voicing their concerns about the owners trying to make them take a pay cut? Well, I think that the issue that was arising is the fact that the collective bargaining agreement is up after next season. Yeah. So if the thank God they got a deal done this year, because if they wouldn't have gotten a deal done this year, they would have screwed themselves over for the following years because the collective bargaining was coming up. So I think the players are trying to take a stand they were trying not to concede a ton so that they could still get what they wanted in the, when they renegotiate was my understanding. Um, and it's easy to sit here and be like, okay, well, Mike Trout's like Mike Trout, like calm down. You're still going to make millions of dollars. But what about somebody that's, you know, the, the 
number 30 on the 30-man roster. You know, they really aren't making nearly as much money. Um, 100%, 100% agree with that. On this. So. 100% agree with that. Because I think they were talking – they ended up – I think they did a pay cut, too, for the NBA. They really kept it discreet, but they talked about it. And I just think of guys like, for example, for my Pistons, Christian Wood's only making – maybe mm-hmm. – he's only – I don't even know if he's making a million dollars this year. He's on a minimum contract. And if he's taking a pay cut, you know, he will get paid in the future. But right now, you know, especially, right. I mean, he could have taken, I don't know, because of how Corona's kind of happened and how people have responded to it. Um, people, I guess people that have gotten it really, I mean, it's not like Kevin Durant won't get money in the future or Donovan Mitchell or Christian right. Wood. But if it was something serious, you know, and they're taking a pay cut, not getting paid, that's just, I mean, it's almost a career ending thing if the situation plays out in the wrong way for that guy. So right. I, I agree. The MLB, I think the owners are being, a, and, and everybody has that, the, the side, the viewpoint of, well, the owners, they make so much money. And it's like, yeah, it's true. But every day they're not playing, they're losing a ton of money too. Right. And it does add up after a while. And I think the owners were being a little ridiculous, but it wasn't as black and white as people kind of make it out to be. Exactly. Um, with that being said, Let's just talk about before we go into our respective teams and how we think they'll fare. How do you think 60 games will kind of play out for teams? Because as you know, in the, in the playoffs, the playoffs is however many games, 25, 30 games. And it's just, it's not even who's good or who has the most talent. It's just who's hot. And it, it seriously comes down to who's riding a hot streak coming in. And last year, I thought the Dodgers probably were the best team in all of baseball going in agreed just, just sheer talent sheer manpower and the nationals just caught them hot mm-hmm. you know what's the likelihood we see someone like i don't know like the giants the rockies just looking at the nl west right now just catch a hot streak and catch a couple wins versus maybe an athletics team in the west that isn't very good or how, whatever the scenario is is it you think it's possible that a team that has absolutely no right being in there makes the playoffs so I think it's in, it's an interesting thing to think about because in the end, um, the analogy I'd use is that, yes, UMBC beat Virginia the one time, but if they play 10 times, they're probably losing the other nine. That's true. Um, so, I mean, 60 games is what, I mean, versus 160, it is a lot less games, but 60 is still a lot. Um, I agree. So do the – I. In the end, I feel like the best teams still went out, but it's definitely a greater avenue for lesser teams. I mean, you even think of previous years. Um, I think it was maybe like four years ago, maybe even longer, but the Twins were leading the AL Central at the All-Star break. Yeah. Right? And then they like literally won like 10% of their games the second half of the year. Like That's an exaggeration, but and they weren't even close to making the playoffs. Um, but they, they were leading the AL Central halfway through just because they were playing well. So I definitely – think you could see a scenario like that um i i've been going back and forth on whether i think the that that good pitching or good hitting is going to benefit you with the 60 games because i i don't know it's just interesting i I lean hitting um just like in in the playoffs you know offense seems more important i'm wondering if there's going to be more aggressive um managing too because every game matters just a slight bit more so i don't know it'll be it'll be interesting yeah because you know one of the things i've noticed is especially just in the like the the the, these kind of months of the season where it's just middle game middle of the year you know some of these games don't matter for 
teams that are kind of out. Um, you'll see games going to extras and teams won't give up. But if you ask people, you know, a manager would definitely give up uh, a loss in the middle of July for no reason, rather than having to Mm -hmm. waste eight bullpen pitchers and be behind for the next month as they all try to get back on schedule, get back on track. Because you might even, you might as well, I mean, there's a good chance you play in the 17th inning, you're going to lose anyway. So I just think, I think, I don't it, – it's going to be tough to recreate playoff baseball immediately in that playoff atmosphere because mm-hmm. it's just going to be rust. Right. But I will say this. I think halfway through the year, it's going to get really, really intense baseball just mm-hmm. because of the fact that every team is going to be so desperate and they're going to be in playoff mode and teams that have no shot that shouldn't have a shot are going to think they're going to have a shot. And I mean, it it'll almost be like a – it'll give you false hope, but what's the likelihood that, you know, I don't know, the Rockies are more than seven games out halfway through the year just because there's only 30 games. Like, how can they be that much more than seven games out? So you feel like you're still in the race if that's the case. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun. Just you'll never feel like you're out of it, even though most teams probably are. Yeah. Cause you know, 162 games, it's such a grueling season. I don't know mm-hmm. how many off days they get, but it's like 162 games in 180 days or something along those lines. And it really tests who the best of the best are. And I'll tell you what, my Dodgers, I think are going to start off really hot because over the past couple of years, it seems like they play their best baseball, whether, and it's not a good thing. They're playing their best baseball heading into the all-star break. Always. <laughs> they always come off these, like, like the other day they said the Dodgers got off to the best, 60-game start of any MLB team. It was 51-9 and nine, the yep. first 60 games. And it's just ridiculous because I didn't even think that Dodgers team, because I think that was two years ago when they played the Astros in the World Series. I didn't even think that Dodgers team should have even made it past the NLCS, which we were talking about earlier against the Brew Crew. I thought the Brewers were definitely a better team. Right, I know. <laughs> and, and it was like they got super hot, but, you know, it, it, it just it's just so weird that – the playoffs are going to be roughly a third of the length of the season too, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that hitting is going to be more important than pitching, but I think pitchers will have more success in the playoffs maybe because of just a lack of mileage being put on their arm throughout the that's, whole of the season. That's a good point. I didn't even think about I, that. Like Kershaw yeah, has fresh been, arms. Kershaw has been on the disabled list so many times I got oh, my, mm-hmm. bad, my bad the injury is it the injury list now another change list. It. the injury list, list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the injury list I know he's been on it on and off with back issues and shoulder issues and mm-hmm. he had an off season a shorter off season to kind of get that uh tuned he was throwing a little harder in spring training but now that he gets these months off too I'm almost relieved that he can't go out there and get hurt because just I I think the way he pitches and his motion it just isn't good for his back. I mean, it, it's really successful, but as he gets older, it, kind of, it just puts a lot of stress on certain areas. So I'm looking forward to Clayton Kershaw, who has back issues, Bueller, who had Tommy John in college, Alex mm-hmm. Wood, who's had arm injuries, Urias had an arm or shoulder, basically a shoulder fix that took a year and a half to do. I'm looking forward to all these guys having a lot less innings pitching when it comes to October. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm really excited for. Um, Last thing I was going to say, do you think the World Series winner this year, if it isn't a team that we expect to win, 
Like if it's not, you know, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros, one of these top-notch teams, if they don't win, are people going to be critical of it and say, well, if it was a full season, you would never won. And to that, would you, do you think that the credit that team gets or doesn't get will be worth it? I think that you can't avoid the fact that people will put an asterisk on this if it's not one of the powers like you're saying. Um, but I think as well that this team that wins this World Series, especially if it's not one of the powerhouse um, organizations, will be in the history books way more than the Nationals last year, way more than the Astros. Two- okay, well, I mean, they cheated, so maybe not. But you know what I mean by that? Like, yeah. Like, this is going to be such a memorable World Series. You probably will never forget who won this World Series. I think that the legacy of this World Series will be downplayed at first and end up being more memorable than pretty much any other that's been won within our lifetime, which is an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, because I know Austin Rivers had come out and said, talking about the NBA bubble, that whoever wins it has had to overcome so much just to just be able to play and just be able to get to this point to even have a shot that mm-hmm. just discrediting it is a little disrespectful. But, you know, my big thing was always every championship either hasn't either live by every championship has an asterisk or no champions have asterisks. And my big thing was always, well, the ones that everybody always said, Steph, the year he won it the first time, Kyrie and Love were hurt. It was like, okay, so Steph was not supposed to play because these guys get hurt. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not fair to him that, that, oh, so I, it just, you just, everything always has an asterisk. If this guy didn't get hurt in the middle of the season, you don't know what happens and all these things play out. And I just, it's just, you play the situation you've been dealt. Exactly. There's, easy as that. You know, every situation is different. I don't think championships really have asterisks in my I'm opinion. With you. I'm with you. Usually people just like to use that as a narrative to whatever side they support. Right. So, um, all right. I think we're going to move into just some Reds talk here then. Um, what do you think you're expecting of this team? Do you think what a realistic expectation? Realistic expectation um, on the side of optimism is um, a playoff team. Um, you look at the offseason moves they made and uh, along with the addition of Bauer over the um, trade deadline uh, last year, um, but you add Bauer to a rotation that was already pretty solid um, with Castillo and Gray headlining. Um, that's a pretty that's, – that, you're not going to find a much better one-two punch in the league. Um, and then you look at a lineup that wasn't great, but there's just a lot. It's just like this lineup just can't get in sync. Um, you've had Jesse Winker have big years on his own. G- Eugenio Suarez have um, big year last year. Votto's been down. Um, but you add Castellanos, you add Moustakis. Um, Moustakis is just steady. Castellanos has a huge ceiling. Um, you add these players. You add Shogo Akiyama from Jap- Japan. Um, I just think if this lineup can get any consistency, whatever, they should be the NL Central favorites. And not even so much as about the roster as it is the way that the schedule is out, laid out for them. Um, because they're playing in the Central Division or whatever we're going to call it, they get to play the AL Central, and they drew six games against the Tigers and four games against the Royals. And by the way, they only drew three games against the, the Indians and three games yeah. against the Twins. So, I mean, the Reds, if you look into it, the Reds got the best 
positive change in win expectancy due to the way that the schedule came out. And it's just because the teams around us suck. I mean, there's not any other reason behind it, but um, just those, you combine those things. If they miss the playoffs this year, it's a disappointment, um, which is crazy to say because they really haven't been anywhere near there, but they have the roster and everything's kind of just laying out for them in front of them, ready for them to just take that step. And, um, a lot of Reds fans, if just to see Cincinnati in the playoffs again, would be amazing. And to see them lose in the playoffs again wouldn't be ideal because that's what that's all we've seen. Um, but just to get back there would be a huge step. And I th- I think if you don't, it's a disappointment. Which is it sounds crazy, but I think it's true. Hundred percent agree. Um, by far one of those talented starting staffs in the MLB. I mean, you, you go down the line, Castillo, Bauer, Sonny Gray, that's that's really impressive. And Wade Miley, you know, I, I know he's getting older, but especially in the playoffs, he can give you some quality innings. He's oh, yeah. definitely definitely not broken. Um, Desclafani sucks. No, nothing on him. <laughs> nothing on him, but he just sucks. If you go to the MLB 2020 simulated season, uh, I think they use out of the park as their simulation thing through baseball reference. The last time I checked, Desclafani had like an eight ERA. He was zero and eight. Yeah, that makes sense more, to me. He had given up more home runs than I've never than seen like... a man miss a fastball high more often than he does. <laughs> Leave it right over the middle of the plate, why don't you? Oh for, my gosh! For what it's worth, though, if you're looking at his spring training stats, one and zero, one fifty ERA, two games started, uh, six innings pitched, only three hits. Only three hits, six sixty-seven whip, point sixty-six sixty-seven whip. You know, that's. I think he pitched probably maybe two games out of the pen or two. I guess he started two games, but right. I, I I don't know. I think, I think you got you're gonna have to ride on Castillo, Bauer, and Gray. Yep. And I don't think enough people are giving this credit. Bauer was scarily not good. When oh he yeah. Pitched for the Reds last year. He had his moments, but. He ZRA was struggled. A, it was ZRA and, at like six? I mean, ZRA was. And the thing that's not a perfect stat. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, his ERA was. I think it was five four or something. Yeah, it's crazy. There. And I know people will say, you know, he's just getting adjusted. But I think that getting adjusted as a pitcher is actually easier. You know, a lot of the times they call up these minor leaguers who haven't been seen before, and these guys come in, and they. I've heard Ronald say, you know. We know Tom Reynolds, former bench coach for the Rockies, mm-hmm. and he's talked about in the past how hitters in the MLB, they say once you get in and you're in the system, it's really easy to hit because you know a lot of the guys' tendencies you can predict. But you get these guys that are from interleague play or you get a guy called up from the minors, you might not have everything against him. You might not have even faced him before. So you don't know what he's kind of dealing with, what his, um, you know, his pitch set is, what his tendencies are completely. So you just might not quite – be able to, you know, just get a grip on him. But mm-hmm. Bauer still struggled. And you could say the other way. You know, Bauer doesn't know how to pitch to them. But I think I think you're going to get a better performance out of that, more akin to what he did in Cleveland this year, mm-hmm. at least the year to settle into a new franchise. Sonny Gray, he's just a very solid pitcher. But he actually – you know, I think he exceeded what you expected of him last year probably. Didn't, yeah. Did he not – did he make the All-Star game? Uh, I don't know because he had such a great back half of the year. 
I yeah. think he did make the All-Star. I, no, Castillo made the All-Star game. But, Castillo did, you're right. But um, Gray had such a dominant second half of the year. It was it was crazy. But he when when he was signed, there was a large, large contingent of Reds fans that did not like the deal. And I remember I loved the deal, and I was just kind of lurking in the shadows. Like, I don't know why everyone's so against this. Like, I love this. He was really good when he was in Oakland. He went to the Yankees. But, I mean, that was when the Red Sox were very good. I don't yeah. know. His ERA kind of inflated, but the Reds kind of got him a little bit lower than they they really should have because he his ERA ballooned in New York. Yeah. And I mean, luckily, I mean, happy he proved me right. But um, hopefully, you can keep that trend upward. I think we're both in agreement here, though. Um, when it comes to this Reds team, is who's going to step up at the plate? You know, last year their hitting was abysmal as a team. Their ERA plus was somewhere in like the 80s or 90s, low high 80s, low 90s, and OPS plus 100 is average. Not that every single player in your team is average, but I feel like your team average should be somewhere closer to 100. Yep. You should you had on that team you had one person exceeding average standards consistently, and it was Suarez, and mm-hmm. he's an all star. But other than that, Votto severely underperformed. I mean, Iglesias was nice, but you know, you know, he's not going to get much out of him. Puig was had a Puig season. He's he's. All, <laughs> I mean, he he hits home runs, but you know, how effective is he at consistently on a night to night basis? Are you going to get the best of him? You had a kind of a slew of players that were coming in and out. Um, random random guys like Van Meter who were not playing every night, and mm-hmm. they're just you just got a mix of weird kind of players, um, but. You know, this season, you guys made some splashes. Castellanos, Moose. These guys, veteran hitters who just know how to hit. Castellanos is just – he just him and uh, J.D. from the Tiger. I can't remember what J.D.'s last name. Martinez. Yeah, Martinez. I always thought those two, those two guys were just sluggers. Like, mm-hmm. for the Tigers, like, they always had Miggy. They always had Fielder. But I thought those two guys, like, you just – they could just hit. They could just rake no matter where. So, great signings for you guys. Um, with the D.H., you know, is that gonna? I think that is that gonna hurt you guys in a way because now you're gonna have. I mean, it's better than the pitcher hitting, but do you guys have someone who will DH? Will Vado DH eventually, or is he still good enough at first? I think Vado stays at first. I think the DH benefits us more than it hurts um, us. Us being the Reds, um, because David Bell, manager of the Reds, is really odd about analytics and matchups and stuff like that. And he would, for example, he played Jesse Winker who plays left field and had the second highest OPS plus in the team probably played like half game, like half the games. Yeah. He appeared in 113 games out of 162. And that's not because he was hurt. It's because that he didn't like his matchup against left-handed pitchers. So when the, when the opposing team was throwing a left-hander, Jesse Winker sat um, and, and, and we have the bats to, to, to do, to do that. Um, Van Meter is a great, a great bat the, on the bench. Senzel's probably going to be on the bench here. If not, it'll be Akiyama, who's a career 300 hitter. The, the, the outfield is just kind of loaded right now. You got Aquino, um, who I, he might in, be, a, I think he's going to be the DH. If yeah. We'll, we'll get into him a little later maybe, but. Um, I, I think he'll be slotted in his DH, but the Reds kind of had a too many, they had a too many people problem last year where no one could get in a rhythm because 
Bell kept juggling the lineup. It was like right when someone got hot, he sat him, and it was one of those things. So I think the DH is going to be beneficial because one of those outfielders who were getting boxed out last year gets a chance to slide in, um, which I think it's going to be Aquino, which I don't know how I feel about that, but it'll probably be Aquino. Yeah, looking at his spring training stats, he kind of struggled a little bit to do anything. 087 batting average, 250 on base. Um, I just, you know, he had 11 strikeouts in 10 games. <laughs> um, yeah. Just, I just, you know, I like baseball and I like analytics because I think it's kind of cool how you can make an unpredictable sport very predictable. But with that being said, this trend towards the homer or bust guys, I mean, I just don't, I, I was, and I'm going to sound like such an old dude when I say this, <laughs> but like, I just miss the days of like each year, like each year dudes that would just like, I can slap singles all day and that's just how I can do it. And they're just kind of like, I, I, I think Aquino is a really good hitter. He showed power to both sides of the field. He wasn't just pulling home runs like, uh, some of the guys. Um, right. And he, I was like, he's just such a gifted hitter. Um, I wouldn't want to see him turn into the strikeout or boom, 180 batting average kind of guy, in my opinion. That, that's what I'm worried about. I think he has a major hole in the swing that yeah. um, he got pulled up and people didn't have the report on him. And, um, 100%. And once people started to catch up, I mean, this guy was just on fire, like literally was unreal to watch. It was the most entertaining thing ever. And I feel like he struck out like a thousand times in the last like 20 games he played. Like he just all of a sudden looked like the worst player on the team, which is fine and all, but it's just, what are you going to get? I mean, his overall stats, put it this way, Eugenio Suarez was second in the NL on home runs last year, right? In 49, amazing on its own. That means he's hitting, that means he's hitting a home run, like eight, 8% of his at bats or something. Aquino had 19 homers and 205 at-bats. That's like 9% of his at-bats. I mean, he technically was on a better pace than Suarez on hitting home runs. And mind you, he, did it, he hit 11 in his first, like, nine games or something. So he was obviously on a downhill trajectory from there. But if, you, if he hits 245 but hits nine, hits eight, I mean, if he hits a home run in 7% of his at-bats, if he hits 245, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean the way that the way baseball is trending, you don't need to hit for average anymore, which is unfortunate because that's the type of baseball I like more. But um, if he if he can just not strike out, if if he can not strike out as much as he was trending towards the end of the year, he he'll be he'll be a fine DH. But we'll see. Did you know Suarez led the league in strikeouts last year? Mm-hmm. One hundred and eighty nine. Yep. Good lord! Yeah, I didn't realize that. I didn't also realize. I don't think he played in spring training. Was he hurt? Um, he was, yeah, he got, um, he got an injury jumping into his pool or something like that. Yeah, he like, tore his shoulder. It was something about his backyard pool. He tore something in his shoulder. Yeah, That's great. Hurt. I don't think any injury, in my opinion, tops when, cause you know, grew up with my grandpa who's a big Tigers fan. Mm-hmm. And so when that, that 06 team, they went to the world series, right? They didn't win it. They went to it. Or no, I thought 06 won it. Okay, the one where they had Ordonez. Yeah, they won one. Okay, they did win one then. Yeah, that team that had Brandon Inge. And oh, yeah. He had the injury where like he picked up his kid in his house and destroyed his back. And after that, 
I think he actually retired or played maybe a year of just like injury riddled baseball. Mm-hmm. But he was never the same after picking <laughs> up his kid, and it always stuck to me. And then also John Wall slipping in his house last year, tearing his Achilles. And then I think someone I forgot about that. Ju- I think Juju Smith tweeted at him something along the lines of like, "What are you doing?" And John Wall got really, really intense <laughs> about it. Like he threatened him. He's like, "It's none of your business." Or something along those lines. <laughs> it got really intense, and everybody was like, "Okay, it's just a joke, man. Calm down." I um I I personally hold this podcast to a high standard of of accuracy, and I'm pretty sure that the Tigers lost in the World Series in '06. But let me... yeah, I thought they did to the Sox. Didn't, didn't... No, 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 not to the Sox. That was the year before. I don't know who they played, but they made it one of the years. Great Tiger World Series 2006. Who won it? The Cardinals won four one against the Tigers, the Tigers. right? Yeah, yeah, it was 06. yeah. Okay, so they made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made it. They didn't win it. I I didn't realize that Pujols won a couple titles then, mm-hmm. because I know he won the one the last year of his contract, which was pretty cool. Because they came in, they won that last game of the season in a play in game, and then they won the wild card. Is that the freeze game. year? Yeah, yeah. That's that crazy. Freeze. Yeah, it's an unbelievable team. Um, and then obviously the Tigers got back in 2012 and lost again, but, um, regardless, okay. Swept. What else was, is there anything else you'd like to talk about with this Reds team? Um, do you think that, so 60 games, you know, what are you thinking they could win realistically? Like, are you projecting them somewhere like 38 or are you thinking somewhere even higher, like 45? Well, 45 would be so tough. So let's, so let's go. First of all, they're playing 10 games against the Royals and Tigers. I think they win seven of those. Yeah, that's fair. It's a high number, but I think they win seven of them. The Tigers and, and are this abysmal. Team, this, team's, this team's good um, at, at worst six. Um, yeah. I think they split the Twins, Twins Indians. That puts them at, you know, nine. Um, if they do that, if they win seven and split the Indians Twins, they're looking at 40-plus, which is crazy. Yeah, um, but I think that's the trajectory they're on. I I just really think it's the it's they're a solid solid team. You look up and down the roster, and they are talented at every position. It's so much more about the schedule. I just think that they got so freaking lucky, which is great in my opinion. I mean, I'm fine with it. Um, yeah, the way the schedule pans out is just awesome. And you play the not to mention you play the Pirates x amount of times too because they're in the division. You actually play the Pirates more than you would have. Um, like per you know, yeah, yeah, like in in, in a ratio of of total games. So I mean, this is just panning out great for them. And if they get confidence, why can they not? Why can they not go into Chicago and and take a series more than they more than they lose it? So I'll I'll leave we'll it with, I'll leave it with this then when it comes to the Reds twenty twenty projected season. Um, they have the NL Central standings. If they would have played the full season and just played it completely. St. Louis is currently leading with a record of 58-37. The Brewers are nine back. Reds are 13 and a half back. Pirates are 15 and a half back. And the Cubs are 19 and a half back. Wow. Um, I don't think it's perfect, this standing system. I don't – I mean, the Astros are fourth in their division. Uh, Indians 
I guess the Indians probably the best team in their division this year. Maybe the Twins. I think the I think Minnesota is probably, probably slightly better. Yeah, but... I don't. These are a little ridiculous. I mean, like Bellinger's. Like I think they had bets hitting like two sixty at one point. It's just it's a it's definitely pessimistic towards a right. lot of teams, and it kind of gives the, the under. In my opinion, underdog teams are outperforming what they usually would play. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said. I don't think they should, the Reds would have any issue with the Pirates, any issue with the Cubs. I think I think the, the Cubs are secretly very not good. I know, yeah. Like Rizzo and Bryant are still there, but Baez, I mean, kind of. I mean, he's really solid too. But like, that pitching like, is just not like, good. It's like, are you going to really throw out Lester on opening day? Is that I mean, their, their pitching plan? is not good? Like, and that, ha- their back half is you know, not good. You know what's awesome is like the Cubs fans that. I know are always talking like, oh yeah, you know Hendricks, he throws eighty five and he's untouchable, he's untouchable. <laughs> and it's like, no, not completely. <laughs> he throws eighty five and he's got some nice stuff, but he's not untouchable. Right, <laughs> definitely gets his fair share. I don't think the the Cardinals are going to do this well, to be honest with you. The Cardinals always do well. They'll end up being in, yeah. they'll end up being in a race for the first place just because that's what they do. They're the same team every year. I feel like where they're like just like they're just enough above average that they're in the race through, like the whole year and then they get hot like they're David Frazier and they can win it any year so yeah I think and then finally the Brewers you know that Brewers 2017 team um they had a couple guys that are gone now from that Moose is now in the Reds um I, I, do you remember that big guy that was their hitter he was their first baseman that um was really solid Aguilar oh I thought you were talking about Eric Thames but yeah yeah Aguilar he's gone was, like he's yeah. literally out of the league like, he yeah. couldn't re- rebound after that season that he had, which was unbelievable. It was a great season. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and he played well in the playoffs, too. I, so, I just don't like what the Brewers – I love what the Reds did in the offseason, and we'll get to the entire major league, I bet, for a second. And yeah. We'll touch on it again, but the White Sox had a great offseason. Um, but I really, really do not like what the Brewers did in the offseason. I just I, – I, I think that they had an opportunity to have a window to really compete here with Yelich. Um, Yelich, it's either Yelich or Bellinger is the best player in the NL right now, obviously. And you have a player like Yelich, you have to go and try to, try to compete. They, they refused to spend money and I don't know what was going on. They kind of, the Indians did the same thing, but the Brewers, I didn't, I was not impressed with the decision they decided to go. So I think they're trending downward more than they are upward in the division. Yeah. All right. Optimistic looks for the Reds looking good. Um, I guess we're going to shift towards my Dodgers, which I know I'm not uh, for for the viewers, for the listeners. I'm more of a die easy Dodgers fan. <laughs> I definitely do my research. Coop knows guys that are coming up for the system where, as I find out when they get called up more, I follow, <laughs> I follow, I like to follow the major league team, but I'm not really into following the Oklahoma city team just, just because I, I, I like NBA more and I'll pay attention to G league more than that. Um, but with that being said, Dodgers, they might have, in my opinion, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a fan, this might be one of the most talented MLB rosters to ever have been constructed. Agreed. Right now, the projected 2020 starting lineup, as updated as of 7-10-2020, Mookie Betts, Gavin Lux, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, A.J. Pollock, Jock Peterson, Will Smith. With the starters being Kershaw, Bueller, Alex Wood, Julio Arias, and Chicken Strips, Ross Stripling. So <laughs> this team is unbelievable. Who do, you want to, who do you want to pitch to in that lineup? 
I mean, I, no one. I don't know. And and the other thing too is they they do have a lot of lefties, and so you think, well, if you start a lefty against them, you'll have some success. And then you're like, oh well, they have bets. Never mind. And they have Turner, who Dan Heron on the Ryan Rosillo podcast said Justin Turner is one of the hardest pit hitters to get out because he has virtually no holes in his swing. I, he's, I think he might end up being the most underrated player of this decade. Yeah. I mean, he, he snuck into the All-Star game last year, but literally he's been putting out the same season almost for the past four seasons. He's unbelievable. And no one talks about it. And the fact that he came from nothing, that basically he was out in the Pirates system for a while and basically thrown to the Wolves, nothing – no help. The team wasn't doing anything. And they basically cut him. And, you know, someone said, how about you try mixing your swing up? How about you try something else with your swing? And, and his weird unorthodox stance he has now is what he started doing. And mm-hmm. it's paid off for him. It's yeah. unbelievable. Um, and what's even crazier is Max Muncie has a very similar story where he was dumped off by the athletics for, for pennies on the dollar. And, you know, we pick him up and he becomes an all-star two years later. Mm-hmm. it's unbelievable how this team just picks up talent and they've talked, I've, I've heard people talk about it before and it's just the organization, you know, these players are very talented and they're very good at finding these players, but they have an ability to take players and really find the best in them. And it's just shown how impressive of a team they have now. And it's kind of evidence of that and how good their farm system is too. You know, they consistently are the, one of the top teams in baseball they get one of the lowest picks every year in the draft, but they still have one of the highest farm systems. I think they're mm-hmm. fifth or sixth this year, maybe even higher, but it's just crazy. Um, you know, the big question with them was, is Kershaw going to hold up and do we have enough quality starters? And when we got David Price, that kind of answered it a little bit. I know Price has been on the decline, but now that he's not really – having to carry a rotation as he did as more in, in Boston, I figured he'd be a great fourth starter, a great third oh, yeah. starter, um, you know, because he's not your number one guy anymore. You wouldn't want him for that, but definitely would work as a as a two or as a three or a four. So oh, definitely. But, it, I mean, I understand. I heard – so for the viewers who don't know, uh, David Price backed out of the kind of the whole situation. I can't remember if he said it was – due to anything or what it was, but regardless, he will not be playing. Um, and as a result, chicken fry or not, chick, not chicken, fry, chicken strips, <laughs> Ross stripling, which I have to call him that because of Cooper chicken strips, Ross stripling <laughs> has stepped in. So he will be carrying some of the load. I think that there's a chance he'll get replaced at some point by Dustin May. Who's a mm-hmm. young up and coming pitcher in the in the yep. system, um, which he and it's just it's just so funny the way MLB is now. This guy throws ninety nine miles an hour as a starting pitcher with crazy movement, crazy stuff, and he can't even get in. He can't even get in our rotation. Mm-hmm. No, Uri- for real. You remember? Do you remember a couple of years ago when Urias debuted and it was such a big deal because there was the Fernando Valenzuela comparison because he's a young Mexican yep. pitcher who was a left-handed and he threw hard and he took a year off because he got hurt. And then he basically had a rehab year last year and he's 23 now and he hasn't, and we people completely forgot about him. I know. 
but he still exists and he still pitches for the Dodgers somehow. <laughs> um, I think this team has, I, I don't know how, how you feel. I think they're the Vegas odds leader right now to win the World Series. This team it has, in my opinion, it has two goals this season. Win the World Series and find a way to convince Mookie Betts to stay. Mm-hmm. Because if you do get Mookie Betts to stay, that's almost Durant to the Warriors-esque move where right. you're just adding that another unbelievable piece to an unbelievable team. So, Also, how do you feel about the with the whole ALNL divisional merging? How do you feel about adding a couple games against the Astros? <laughs> well, apparently, you know... I think there's going to be some pitches being thrown at, thrown at people. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be honest. I think this team is going to wipe the floor with the Astros. Like, just absolutely demolish them in games. I mean, they got the same team. But, like, I think I just – I would just – I would honestly love to see maybe one guy get hit and then just beat them, like, 12 to 2. <laughs> I, would, I, I would rather see that than hitting so, seven or eight guys. But if there is one to hit, it's 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 uh it's Altuve. I'd smoke Altuve right now. I, I was looking so forward to fans being in the stands to boo them, in in their games. That just would have been amazing. But yeah, it's all right. Know, I I just honestly, you know, if I was one of those Astro guys, I'd almost just want to get traded. Like just start over. Like if you're Bregman, what's stopping you from just being like, you know what? I think because Garrett Cole left, Verlander's your number one. Verlander's good, but. I wouldn't. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have him be my two right now just because just he's so late in his career. You, you don't know how he's going to hold up. Mm-hmm. Green, green, they have, do they still have Greinke or did he leave? Um, I would assume he's still there. I think so. And he he's just so up and down every year. You don't know which version of Greinke you're going to get. I just don't think that team is a good staff anymore. And, you know... Some of those guys that had been like glue guys, like Marwin Gonzalez, over the years, they're gone. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of just—it's—it's it's almost like the Cubs situation where you're left with like a lot of good stars, but not a ton of role player support. I could right. be wrong. Maybe I didn't watch enough games, but I mean the, the Astros were far—they le- were just not as good last year over the past couple of years as they had been. Agreed. So um, the loss of Cole was just. Yeah, it's big time. Yeah. Um, with that being said, playing them six games, because I think they're doing three or two three-game series, is mm-hmm. kind of scary because, like I said, they're not bad. Anymore. They're not bad. But, you know, I'd rather play the Royals and the Tigers <laughs> ten times than have to play them six times throughout the season. And if we catch them on a day where Ross is Ross Stripling is pitching – there's a chance that, you know, they could have a big game and, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. Um, you know, I was thinking at some point, you know, will there be a team, because there's only 60 games, that will try to do maybe four starters and then pile together like a reliever game or something crazy like that? Like, I'm sure. Like, especially if you're not good, because think about it. If you're having to start Ross Stripling, because let's just, let's just say the rotation per- works out perfectly, no one gets hurt. Ross Stripling for the Dodgers would essentially pitch, would it be four or 12 games? He'll pitch, start 12 games this year then, right? Uh, that's the, 
Yeah, like, that's the breakdown. Uh, if if everything goes, if to everything plan, goes right? perfect, Ross Stripling is going to start twelve games this year for the Dodgers, and if he just isn't playing well, and there's nothing like a backup or for any team this could go for, like, do you just say screw it? I'm just going to have to like have four relievers pitch this game. You could. It's interesting. And just hope that hey, Bueller, you're going to have to go sick to your next start or right. whatever the case may be. Um, It'll be interesting, especially at the end of the season. And now that they have that three batter limit, um, I forgot about that. that I really be, forgot. about I that. I love that rule. I do. I definitely do because I think the switching of pitchers was getting really ridiculous. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, there's a little bit of strategy in it. There's a little bit of strategy in it. The log or the loogie action of lefty on lefty was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah. But, but it's like now if you bring in, for example, I'm just thinking of uh, relievers that I know of in the past five years, Andrew Miller. You bring in Andrew Miller in to hit face off against Bellinger, you know, and then Betts comes up and then Turner comes up. You're like, well, you just brought him in and there's a little more strategy to it now because the lefty on lefty matchup might not be as right. important. You're like, you might as well. Well, if we're going to the starters done well against him or we can bring the lefty on lefty. But if he doesn't get him out or if he gets him out and he has to pitch two more outs. Does that mean I'm going to have to face off against righties where it's just, it bring, opens a lot of doors. It does. Yeah. Um, back to rule changes though. We talked about with the DH with the reds, this DH thing for the Dodgers is brilliant for them. And this could help them out so much. They've always had since the past six years or so, they've always had log jams at positions with there being too many infielders, too many outfielders. Mm-hmm. They got guys on the on the projected lineup. There's guys like Matt Beatty, Kike Hernandez that aren't even being talked about. And AJ Pollock's in there right now for the DH. He hasn't shown up for camp at all. But, I mean, he's a good DH. You know, we can shuffle so many guys around that having Kershaw not hit, having Bueller not hit, is so instrumentally helpful for us. Oh, yes. That makes our team all the more lethal. There's no mm-hmm. more free outs, guys, you know. I mean, this is already an AO lineup in the NL. Yeah. Now you add a DH to it. I think if I think if the Dodgers aren't your odds on favorite, I don't even understand yeah. who it possibly could be. You could make a case for the Yankees, I think, but you'd have to tell me Judge is going to play a full healthy season and that Cole is going to have a great season and just like three or four guys for that team are going to step up. I mean, but if you're taking – the entire line. If you're taking the entire lineup, Yankees and Dodgers, I take the Dodgers rotation in the Dodgers ba- batting order over both yeah. the Yankees. Yeah, like like I said, this just might be the most impressive group of talent you've ever seen collected on a baseball field. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I just I I I pitched in high school. Um, I couldn't imagine, you know, having to face a lineup of just like. You know, for example, like the comparison to high school would be like like six or seven guys being on the all first team for whatever league you play in. I'm just going. That's like, what it is. Like you just go up and you're like Mookie Betts, 2018 MVP. Okay, uh, it's gonna be tough. Tough out. Um, then I got to go up against someone like uh, Gavin Lux, who was a rookie, but he's super effective and he slugged it and spring ball. He's really good. You're like, oh, okay. And then Bellinger, just the MVP. Uh, Justin Turner, all-star last year. Max Muncy, all-star last year. 
uh, Pollock, who was very solid for them. I mean, he kind of put up some meh numbers last year, but I mean, he's very consistent and he's definitely not a bad player. Corey Oof. Seager, who I think is their number one X factor on this team. That's kind of not being talked about. Obviously, like you have your guys that need to step up like your MVPs, but Corey Seager secretly needs to have a bounce back year. After he had that, after he tore his something in his shoulder. No, no, no. He had Tommy John. He had Tommy John. Yeah. Tommy uh, John. Uh, which is so weird that infielders get Tommy. I mean, it's, it's obvious. I mean, you're throwing the ball a lot, but you just don't really associate with anything with pitchers. Um, he, if he, he hasn't really bounced back completely. I don't know. I think hitting lower in the order will help him out a little bit, take mm-hmm. a little bit of stress off him unless they have him hitting higher. Um, I'll be interested to see though. They've been, they, I feel like they always have been switch, switch, switch positions whenever they want to, except Seager. Seager's been a pretty consistent shortstop for them. So I wonder if they'll be more willing to switch around with him just for the fact of he hasn't been as dominant as he was. You know, he won rookie of the year or he was in top rookie of the year one year and then he was uh, all star the next year in MVP talks. So, you know, and then. Uh, my favorite part about the Dodgers is like they have this like slew of guys that kind of are on and off starters and they're not, <laughs> they just embrace their role so well. And it's so mm-hmm. fun to watch. Peterson is one of those guys for me there. When he first got called up, he was hitting like 300 and everybody was freaking out that <laughs> he was going to be really good. And then he hit about 150 the rest of the season. <laughs> and he's a weird leadoff hitter Cause he just hits home runs. But I think he has like one other than maybe Springer, he's got one of the highest like rates of home runs per uh, like innings leading off for right. leading off a game. So he's fun. Kike is fun. Cause he's just so funny and goofy and he plays all the positions and uh, Matt Beatty is super solid. He was a rookie last year. I think Will Smith, our catcher, he's got a big chance to step up. He's, but he was really solid behind the plate in the playoffs, but I just want to see if he can continue being a great hitter. Um, Chris he, Taylor. Chris Chris Taylor, he was he was unbelievable two years ago. He struggled last season in the beginning, but Verdugo, right? Verdugo. Oh no, no, he's he still there. He got traded. Oh, for, that's uh, right. Betts. He was part of the Betts deal. Yeah, Which right. imagine trading Mookie Betts for Verdugo, and I mean it's talent, but then realizing Verdugo has back problems, <laughs> and he might not even play uh, until a certain part of the season. I don't know. I, I haven't been keeping up with him. He was a really fun guy, though, and I felt bad. But he would have been, he would have benefited from the DH if they had not traded Definitely. him, because he did. He was struggling to get consistent time. I felt like, even though he was super good, he had yeah, some injuries too last year. Um, I don't really have much else to say about the Dodgers. Kenley Jansen hasn't showed up to camp. I'm a little nervous about that because he kind of figured out what he was his whole thing again last year. He was starting to get back into a groove. Yep. And then in spring ball, he was throwing a little harder. Um, will Joe Kelly continuously let me down? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm not getting my hopes up anymore. After he struck out every single Dodger about 12 times <laughs> in the World Series, <laughs> I was so happy to sign him. <laughs> and then immediately regretted every decision. <laughs> immediately regretted that. Um Another guy I haven't I don't I don't want to keep drilling on because I want to talk about the landscape of the MLB. So this will be the last guy. Bruzar Gratterall was also a part of the deal, which somehow they just took him from the Twins. 
Don't know how. Don't know why. They just took him. From I still don't know system. why the twins were a part of that deal. I, I don't, don't know how. I don't even know who the twins got in that. I have no idea. I don't idea. know who they got. I have no idea. <laughs> like, what are you doing being involved they in just, this? He, like, he's a 22 year old. I mean, he has arm issues because he throws all arm. When he, if you watch him pitch, he's all arm. He throws it like a like a javelin thrower, just like. He doesn't get well. Maybe ja- I guess javelin dudes kind of get their whole body into it. He just throws all one, but he throws ninety nine hundred consistently with good movement. And the Reds or the Twins just gave him up for nothing. So thank you, Minnesota. <laughs> Twi- Could, couldn't, oh, use, oh, couldn't use him. What are we talking about? The Twins got Kenta. <laughs> no, they traded him for Kenta's like thirty two. He, he came over to the, he came over to the Dodgers. <laughs> and he was already a veteran because in Japan, he had, I will miss Kenta though. He he got I felt bad for him because he uh, he was definitely starter material, and then he kind of struggled, and they kind of threw him into the bullpen. Right. He succeeded there. He did so. Yeah, yeah, pretty well in the playoffs. He was pitching well in the playoffs. Yeah. If, if I don't, if I recall, oh, he really was. Um. All right. Well, let's just move on to our last subject, the greater MLB. We've kind of touched on it with the Dodgers. Who do you think has the best shot of making the playoffs kind of as a whole, if you had to name off like six or seven teams? So I think I'll just go by division. Um, By division works. um, And I'm going to have some boring answers, but um, AL East, you have to take the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Um, AL Central, I'd go Twins. I know we, we, we briefly mentioned it. Um, yeah. But I, I would take the Twins over the um, Indians. Just I, I don't know why. I just When I watch the Twins, I, I just like what they have a little bit more. They're just a little more exciting, I guess, is the best way to say it. Um, I think that they just have a, a – I like their team better. It's just yeah. not really I mean, much better Indians, to put it. Indians, I mean, Bieber played pretty well for them last year as a pitcher. He kind of stepped up. They lost Bauer, who was really doing pretty well for him last year, which we'll have to see how they adjust. They don't have Puig anymore. Um, when they, I can't. I still. It's unbelievable that they traded for him, and then five <laughs> minutes later, the whole fight happens. <laughs> this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. It's great. <laughs> I, I, they're like, okay, just Puig, just get the last two outs of this game, man. You're an Indian. And then he got into a fist fight, and of course, he's the center of the whole thing. It's amazing. <laughs> he he can't not be the center. Oh, I there's know. no there's no world where he's not the center I of know. any fight. Okay, don't want to get you sidetracked. AL West, who are you taking? AL West, I don't want to go Astros just because I don't want to go Astros, but I, I want to say something bold. Projects the twenty twenty projections on Baseball Reference, Oakland Athletics. <sighs> I haven't paid attention to the Athletics at all. I don't know. I'd love. I, I'd love. I love Oakland's lineup. I don't. I, they're just fun. The, the, all the hitters are fun. Chapman's fun. You know that that lineup's just. Chris yeah. Davis is fun. Chris Davis is fun. I would love to see. I would love to see the A's win it. I hope the A's win it. I, I'd take the Astros. So, I mean, not not surprising anyone here going Yankees, Twins, Astros in the AL, um, NL in the East. I uh, the pitching is still there in Washington. Yep, that's what they have Washington right now by but, a game over the Braves. But, but I think the Braves are knocking at the door. I, the Braves are knocking at the door, but they have there's no outfielders. No one wants to play. They, they, like they're out of outfielders. Like I don't like Adam Duvall is going to be their leading outfielder. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I, I I think the Mets might end up finishing in front of the Braves just because they kind of don't have anything there. I I I think you have to go Nationals, 
just with the pitching staff. Um, NL Central is where I'll, I'll get my bold take in there that I, I think I think the Reds are going to win the NL Central. Okay, that's bold. Um, that's bold. Which is bold. But, and then, yeah. of course, I'm going Dodgers in the NL West. Um, can I give you? Can I give you my bold take in the in the NL East? Yes. Bryce Harper will will the Phillies to win the East. Oh come on! You heard it here first. I just don't like the rest of that team whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. If you held the gun to my head and said <laughs> name three other Phillies than Bryce Ryan Harper, Hoskins. okay, they have Didi Gregorius. I didn't know that. I did not know that either. Didi Gregorius is one of my favorite players. I think he has a really smooth swing. This is changing a lot of my opinions. I, can I tell. might become a Phillies fan. They have oh, Kutch is back too. Dude, don't tell me the Phillies team can't be. Okay, I don't know what happened to Aaron Nola, though. Aaron Nola had a great season and then a terrible season last year. Did he get hurt? Uh, I don't know. He was not good, though. Just yeah. straight up not good. Whoa. They have uh, 55-year-old Jake Arrieta with a 520 ERA in the projected season. Yikes. Who... <laughs> yeah. He's not good anymore. Here's my uh, yeah. They don't have any pitching. Here's where here's where my bold takes come in though. The wild card. So two wild cards on each side, right? AL yeah. AL. I'm taking the White Sox in the wild card over the Indians. I think that they're in a position like the Reds. Just the Indians are trending downward. If you are going to take a step, it has to be this year. If you're the White Sox, you made great offseason moves. You picked up Grandal. You picked up Encarnacion. You picked up Keiko. You pick, you know, you signed Gio Gonzalez, or was that is that who they signed? I'm trying to think, but um, yeah, you got Mazzara from the Rangers, which, by the way, if he ever just plays to his potential, that could be huge. Um, the White Sox did unbelievable things. I'm, I'm, I think the White Sox grabbed that second wild card spot, and I think you're probably looking at a race between the Rays, A's, and and Rangers. I don't like the Angels. Everyone's high on the Angels. I think the Rangers sneak up again. But I think that my two AL wild cards, I'm going White Sox, I'm going Rays. NL wild cards, I'm taking second team in the Central, so probably St. Louis just because, like I already said, they'll be there for no reason. And uh, the second team in the NL East. All right. What I'm about to say to you is going to be very bold. And I'm doing this. Shout out my friend Ryan. He'll be also on the podcast later. Uh, Ryan, you'll like this one. Sleeper team to win or to get a, a, a wild card in the AL. The Toronto Blue Jays. You're right. And I'll tell you, they have to go against the Yankees and the Rays, who are both solid teams. But hear me out. Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero, Lords Guriel Jr., Biggio's not bad. Gert Grichik, Grichik's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a solid team. Joe Pan- Joe Panic's on there. Oh yeah. The, 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 oh man. And I'm gonna tell you someone, Cooper Cooper, that you probably don't remember signed with this team. Hyun Jin Ryu. <laughs> oh, trust me, I remember. Trust Hyun Jin Ryu. Shout out, the ace. Dodger. The ace. He's, he meant for for anyone who doesn't know, Hyun Jin Ryu missed seven straight seasons with shoulder injury. Came out last year healthy and made the All-Star Dude, who game. Needs, As the All-Star game starter. Who needs Stroman? 91. Who needs Stroman? Get him out of there. <laughs> they also have Ken Giles. They're going and to literally forget Stroman. He throws hard, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a hard thrower. Um, who else is starting games for them? Looking Scott Alexander, Anthony Bass. I don't know. Oh, no, that's games. That's games. Look at game starting. Okay. 
Chase Anderson, don't know him. Uh, Tanner Rourke. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, the, the, was X, the X Red. The yeah, X-Red. because that name sounded very familiar. Uh, Nate Pearson, Schumacher, Matt Shoemaker, if, if, and Shun Yamaguchi. <laughs> That's a group. <laughs> Another him and I was gonna say him and Ryu could be friends, but Ryu is Korean and Yagashugi. No, no, no. Yamaguchi is Japanese, so no chance. <laughs> Um, I like that pick, though. I could see them seeking out. And like I said, like we said, if hitting becomes what it does, and I think Boba Shat is like secretly because everybody wants to talk Vlad Guerrero up, mm-hmm. and Boba Shat's not a secret, but I think Boba Shat is definitely better, at least right now. Definitely better right where, now. Where they stand, I would agree with you. Um, they have they are projected to be fourth right now in the East if they had to be playing a full season. But the shortened season might help them, you know, mm-hmm. a little, little more emphasis on hitting mm-hmm. if that ends up happening. So, um, so you said Yankees, Twins, Strohs, Strohs, R- and then R- Wild Cards, Rays, were White Rays, Sox, White Sox, and you said you said maybe did you say the Angels at all? I said maybe the Angels. Yeah, I think. No, maybe the Rangers. Know, I don't like. Oh, I, don't, Rangers, I don't like. Rangers. I don't like the Angels that much. I love Rendon. Love Rendon. But, back. Yeah, that's true. I love Rendon, Shoh- but I don't know. Yeah, the Angels seem to always not be able to quite figure it out, even if they have talent in place. Yeah. Pujols needs to retire, but he's not going to because he's just making too much money. Yep. Um, and then in the wet in the NL for wild cards, you said Braves, Mets, maybe the if the Cardinals. Don't win the if the Reds win the division, the Cardinals. Yep. If the Cardinals win the division, the Reds. Yep. I think the West sucks. Yeah, me too. I mean, I mean the Rockies aren't good. The Diamondbacks, you know, uh, Bumgarner's a Diamondback. Oh, now, I know. Really weird. Really, really weird. I don't know why he just didn't retire. Um, Padres suck. So Giants suck. So <laughs> it is. It is what it is. Um, Cooper. Unless you have anything else to add, I think we're probably going to wrap it up here. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think we've, we've hit on it. All right. If you made it this far, shout out Steve Sato. That ain't no fishing <laughs> video. You know what's going on. Um, hope you're doing well. We make these for you. Um, other than that, Coop, thank you for joining me. Been a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Going to wrap it up. Thank you for tuning in to the Dylan Bush Podcast. Next episode. I'm not going to say when or where because that means that it's holding me accountable. So it's going to happen, maybe. So (laughs) that's it. Thanks for tuning in.